everyone, and welcome to the Irenic Ref Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Gross. The word Irenic here means aimed at or aiming towards peace. And my goal with this podcast is to try to create a bridge between coaches and officials by showing the humanity of each other in a more robust way, which isn't necessarily achievable in the minimal interactions a coach and official may experience during the game. And so with all that said, let's get to it. Today's guest is no stranger to the officiating world in South Dakota. He's been officiating for 45 years. He has been a state basketball official for 20 state tournaments, both boys and girls. He's been many, many region championship official, has done pretty much a South Dakota 16 games since they have started this in South Dakota. He was a boys basketball official of the year in 2006. In 2021, he received the South Dakota High School Activity Association Distinguished Service Award has received the Don Hicks Memorial Award for volunteering for the YMCA and was given his 25-year and 40-year pins for officiating in the state of South Dakota. And lastly, he was inducted into the Colmenegan Hall of Fame. He's a laid-back guy, but also competitive. And with that uh, competitiveness, he has run a few half marathons, but along the way has realized very quickly that if you run near the back, that's where the fun's at. So please welcome to the show, Pete Entringer. Pete, good uh, afternoon. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen you last. Uh, it probably wasn't been too long. It was probably at a baseball game this summer. Yep, when yeah, I, yep. you were in Coleman a couple times. So yeah, got and, to see you there a couple times. So yeah, and so it's just it's fun every time I get to see you, just chatting about different things. And and one thing I wanted to open up with here is um, you'd mentioned in the introduction that you'd send me some about the entering your classic. And, and I know that's something that's really dear to you, and especially to the community of Coleman Egan, or I guess the high school of Coleman Egan, the town of Coleman, and also just the, the DVC conference and the, the different partners that participate in that every year. And so just, just tell us a little bit more about um, this Entringer Classic. Well, the Entringer Classic uh, is in uh, memory of my brother, Mike, who passed away in September of 1990. Uh, we ref together for 13 years, before he passed away. Uh, a couple years after that, a couple of us coming home from a basketball game thought maybe it'd be kind of neat to see if we could start a classic, you know, to uh, uh, honor his memory. And so that's where the Entering Our Scholarship Classic started. And uh, the first year was in 1994. Uh, we had uh, six teams, three games, six teams up in the Brookings High School, boys teams. and. Uh, from there, it started to grow. A couple years later, we had a couple teams. And uh, presently, we have 18 boys teams and 18 girls teams. I think in 19, uh, what was that say, 98, we started the girls classic and uh, had a uh, good turnout for that. And then, so we kept them both. And the girls classic is usually, right now, it's uh, two weeks uh before the boys classic and uh, in december and uh, the money raised from this what we what we wanted was we wanted to raise the money and give it to the area schools where uh, mike reft quite a bit at you know and those are probably the dakota valley conference 
uh, schools, which uh, around the Coleman area, Brookings area, that's where they're from. And uh, so we wanted to, we thought if we raised some money, we'd give it back in scholarships. Well, the first year, in 1994, I gave out two scholarships worth of uh, $250 each, one to Rutland and one to Coleman. And since that time, uh, we raised them up to $750 scholarships, and uh, presently we give out we give out $1,000 scholarships, and these go to uh, area student athletes that participate in the classic. Now, uh, uh, what do I want to say here? They uh, uh, some schools get more than that. Depends on what amount of money that we get and the applicants that we get. Uh, last year. We give out uh, 56 $1,000 scholarships. And uh, so over the course of the year that since it started, we have given out over a million dollars in scholarships to area student athletes to further their education. Wow. Yeah, that's, a, that's just something that's incredible starting from, you know. And, and tell me more about uh, the officials that work at this, the workers that work at this, like, What's the what's the compensation or what's the pay? Well, that they... uh, it's all volunteer. Okay, everything we do is volunteer. Uh, the Coleman School hosts the girl Coleman Egan School hosts the girls classic, and Brookings hosts the boys classic, and so they open their doors to us and and let us have it, and uh, so then uh, everything that we do we uh, we have a hospitality room which uh, after the game, the teams that participate can go in there and get something to eat. Usually it's pork sandwiches that uh, some uh, grocery store, somebody donated the pork, somebody did the, you know, uh, roasted the pork for us, and we make up pork sandwiches for them, for the athletes to come in to eat. Uh, Coca-Cola donates all the pop for us, you know, and so everything is volunteered. Uh, all the all the referee all the referees and everything, they volunteer their time to uh, come and help at this to make it the success that it is. Yeah. And, I, you know, being an official, it's it's fun to see that. Like, that's something on my calendar I always seem to mark in and, and try to help in any way I can. Sometimes it, it may not work out, but when it does, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's really rewarding. And it feels like the atmosphere is a little bit different at this classic than maybe some other ones. Like, it's competitive, but there's this sort of, in my opinion, like a – a feeling of like we're I don't know I don't feel like the fa- the fans yell at the officials so much and I, I don't know why that is but it just feels a little bit more like friendly and at home yeah you're right there I think uh, now the kids look forward to playing in this because uh, there's probably a lot of schools that don't get invited to classic nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, your smaller schools, maybe they're probably not very good, and they never get, and the kids never get to play in a classic. Mm-hmm. Well, here they get to play in a classic. Uh, we give them T-shirts. Everybody gets a T-shirt, and like I said, we, they get fed afterwards. They treat, get treated, you know, like they're the, the best players in South Dakota, which at that time they probably are. So, uh, and uh, I think the fans are, are really appreciative of what we've done you know, yeah, give, as far as giving out money, whatever money we make, we give back out to the student-athletes. Yeah. Um, 
one thing I'll do on here is in the description of this video, in the in the podcast, wherever they're mentioned, I'll, I'll put the website that you guys have for this. And um, I know I know there may be some people that end up watching this that, that didn't know this that this uh, classic takes place, um, what it was in memorial of, what dollars go towards, and and what they are for. And so I'll put the description up. I mean, I'll put the website in the description just so people can go visit it, see more about it. And um, I, I know we can, they can reach out to you, I think, or is it someone through that website or? Yeah, they, if they just get on the website, they can find out about anything they want to know on it. And they can look back on uh, past uh, scholarship recipients or, uh, and we have a Hall of Fame that uh, we induct people into the Hall of Fame. They can see who's, on the Hall of, who's in the Hall of Fame and uh, upcoming games for this year, uh, the dates and uh, who plays who and, and so forth like that. Okay, perfect. I'm, yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about that a little bit more in detail than just a, oh. a two-second pass-by. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel it's, it's, it's worth more than just... Well, to me, it's, it, it means a lot. I mean, uh, I know you come up and ref it, and we appreciate it a whole lot but you know to me and to my nephew Aaron who was Mike's son you know it means it means a lot to us than probably anybody else that works there you know because it it was in honor of uh, my brother Mike and Aaron's dad and uh, so uh, yeah so we when we do it you know we kind of put our hearts and souls into it and uh, you know it's guys like you though that volunteer that come up to help and make it a success sure yeah and, and like I said it's always fun there's no there's no reason why I wouldn't miss it for a good oh, reason, man. you know. Um, so let's just let's keep going now. Um, tell me, tell me more about yourself, Pete. Um, you, you can go whichever direction you want to go here, but just tell us a little bit about yourself. You said you run marathons. Is that something you train for? Um, yep. Uh, well, I graduated in. Uh, well, now now you know how old I am. I graduated <laughs> 1972 from Coleman. Okay. Uh, attended South Dakota State uh, University. And then came back to the family farm where I've been farming for fifty-some uh, years now. So uh, uh, got a family: wife Julie and four kids. Uh, Derek's the oldest. Uh, he farms now with me. And then uh, Megan's second oldest. She's in uh, lives in Brookings, and she's married to Rob Klinkenfuss, who is associate head coach of the men's basketball team for the Jackrabbits. Oh. Uh, Beth Ann. She uh, lives in White, is married to Dylan Murphy, and they have five kids. And uh, how she does it, I don't know, but she does a very good job with it. And uh, she used to teach at uh, Arlington, Henricks, and then South Dakota State. She taught at South Dakota State for a couple years. Right now, she's a stay-at-home mom. And then my youngest, Kyle, uh, works for Warwick Workouts out of Sioux Falls here. And he enjoys that, and uh, he does a really good job there. Yeah, I think I went to School for a few years with with, uh, with him at yeah, GSU. Yeah, prob- probably did. Yep, yep. He helped with the uh, women's basketball yep. team over there a couple mm-hmm. years. So, uh, so then, uh, all as far you know, raising the family, I was always active in uh, playing softball and baseball and stuff like that. And I played some over sixty baseball a couple times now. Uh, but then back, oh, I suppose about twenty twenty five years ago, I just started running just. I don't know why. I just I like running in high school. I was a track athlete, but I don't know. I just started running and kind of went from there. And uh, so uh, then uh, my daughter started running too, Megan. And then so uh, we've probably run all ten half marathons together. Wow. And then uh, this year we did a, a triathlon down at uh, Yankton. 
and Crofton, Nebraska. We did a triathlon down there, and uh, that was a different experience. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. We're going to do it again. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I've been farming for 50 years and uh, uh, trying starting to turn it over to my son, Derek, now. So uh, I can kind of kick back and go to the grandkids' stuff. And, uh, of course, you know, don't want to miss that. I mean, that's where the fun's at. So, yeah, absolutely. So that's probably what I'll be doing. Any other any other hobbies you have that are besides the marathon running and the officiating? Uh you know, not not a lot of hobbies. Uh, uh, I should probably be finding some right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, but uh, you know, watching watching my growing with my grandkids whenever I can, yeah. uh, stuff like that. Uh, I don't really fish. I really don't hunt. Uh, but uh, I keep busy all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I bet you on the farm that keeps you pretty busy oh, yeah. with all the events oh, yeah. that go there's on always there. something to do absolutely even when you don't plan for it it probably something right. comes up that you yep. gotta attend to um yeah so following that up uh let, let's talk about officiating now let's switch over to that how did you get started um how did you get involved in officiating and maybe we'll just even combine kind of two sort of topics i had addressed like maybe who influenced you like maybe that's the starting of who got you into it. okay i got i got started in probably 1976 uh i started doing junior high basketball in coleman and rutland and uh, my brother mike and i did we kind of went around uh then in 1978 uh, I did my first football game with uh, Roger Nelson. Uh, Roger is a longtime friend of the family's, and he was Mike's father-in-law. And uh, he needed somebody to go with him one night. That's back when we was a three-man crew in football, yeah. just well. three-man. So it was Mike and I and Roger, and my first game was at Bridgewater. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, so then I uh, started football in 1978, and then I did my first basketball game in 1978 uh that's when girls played in the fall yep. and roger come one night and he says hey i don't have anybody to go with me he stopped at the farm said i don't have anybody to go with me you got to go with me to west central we got west central and bridgewater it'll be a blowout game i said okay i will so i went with him my first game ever went with him wasn't a blowout game it was a one point game in overtime <laughs> and uh, so that's how i got started uh roger was a big influence you know, and getting started. And of course, my brother Mike had been doing it a couple years before me. Yep. So then uh, he kind of took me under his wing there, and uh, we got started. And like I said, we had 13 really good years together. And then uh, after that, then uh, after he passed away, then uh, I got on a different. Oh, well, I kind of didn't get out of football. I just wasn't on a crew for a couple years. I picked up games, you know, whenever somebody needed somebody. But then I got a, on a crew with uh, the Duffys, uh, Gary and Terry Duffy, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Jerry Bickett was on it for a while. And uh, so then uh, we did uh, a lot of games there. And then uh, presently I'm on uh, with the crew with uh, Jerry or with uh, Gary and Terry uh, Duffy and Irvin Gebhardt, Todd Foster and uh adam fritz so that's our crew right now so we have a good time and uh yeah so then i got started back then and then uh, uh back when my kids got old enough then i kind of i didn't i was kind of fortunate because the girls played in the fall and the boys played in the winter so you weren't it wasn't every night thing you know yeah. so i could pick up enough games 
you know, during the girls' season and then during the boys' season, so I really didn't miss a beat doing that. Yeah. So tell me more about, um, you said he kind of swung over and, and told you to come along. What was the, because I know nowadays is more of a strict a, a strict structure of like, you got to register, you got to take these tests, you got to go to these meetings. Right. Was that something similar back then? Right. Like how did, yep. that, how did yep. that work? Yep. It, it was similar to that back then. Uh, you had to take your open book test and send, you know, send your money in the state and get registered. It's yeah. about the same as it is now. Okay. You know, and then after... Uh, no, I think after a couple of years, you had to take your certified test to get certified. So yeah, so so t- and then let's kind of talk about the the girls and boys that split season sort of thing. There might be a few other officials that end up coming on here that talk about it as well. But like when when you remember the when the split all of a sudden like wasn't there and all the games were in the winter, um, how did that change your officiating? How did that change uh, like just just the layout of officiating in uh, general? It didn't. It didn't change my officiating any. Uh, I was just gone, instead of maybe two to three nights a week. You know, when the seasons were split, to four to five nights a week. Yep. You know, uh, you were gone. You know, just about every night. And of course, I was fortunate that uh, uh, my kids had grown up mm-hmm. and and were gone. Kyle was still at home, but then my Beth Ann, she she used to play basketball till her junior year then she said she didn't want to play basketball she wanted to play hockey well then she went to Brookings to play hockey so that didn't really interfere with my my basketball schedule any so but uh, I always marked it off when uh, Kyle played or any one of my kids played you know I marked that day off and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't ref that night when they played so because I didn't want to miss that at all yeah no I can I can see that I I know I with my boys I'm just like man when's it When's it going to hit that point where you're like, okay, when do I got to start toning it back? When do I got to start yeah. going to these events? When do you start saying, oh, man, I can't, I can't miss this recital or I can't miss yeah. this game? And so it's one of those things, even being as young as my boys are, I'm still thinking about that stuff and how it impacts the officiating of the future. Well, I, I got grandkids now. The oldest is 10. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as soon as he gets uh, old enough to a couple more years when he's old enough to play junior high and or get into high school well then my officiating career probably be done because i'm not going to miss any of my grandkids uh activities and you know it's it's just too much fun to too much fun to watch yeah and it just it kind of makes you think about you know there's times in when I'm officiating where I'm trying to bring that new official along with me to try to get them some experience. And so making sure that we're, you know, bringing these newer guys up to younger guys or even just like guys that maybe aren't necessarily young, but they're just newer to the game and making sure that there's a solid foundation when, when and, guys and, like you uh, and others are, are done. I, I do that too. I, I really enjoy taking a younger guy with because uh, not saying that I know everything, but I, you know, I've been around long enough. I think I got a few tips, you know, just yeah. to help them out to, uh, you know, make them at ease. You know, if a coach uh, happens to uh, start riding them a little bit or getting on them, I usually will go over to the coach and say, hey, coach, uh, if you want to yell at somebody, yell at me. Yeah. You know, leave him alone for a while. You yeah. know, And you know what? Most of the coaches are really, really good about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they understand because, you know, without the newer, younger officials, you know, there's not going to be too many left in another five, ten years. Yep. Yeah, I I don't know if it was a like an NFHS sort of like survey or poll, but it seemed like a lot, the vast majority of the officials that are currently active are over the age of 50 on average. Oh, yeah. And, and, wow. yeah. and so it's like, 
how do you how do you kind of mitigate the loss of officials and and i think you know i think it starts with the coaches it starts with administrators it also starts with us as other officials like bringing them along as well but you know for the most part i i think the coaches are are really good you Mm -hmm. know i mean granted you know you have you know i'm coaches have a job Mm -hmm. you know their job is to teach the kids and you know they like to win i mean that's their job and you got it when you're an official you got to expect you know, if you miss a call or it doesn't go their way, you got to expect them yeah. to voice their opinion at you. And uh, I know back when I was younger, it used to bother me, and I'd probably, you know, talk back to them or something. But uh, nowadays, if you just listen to them, you know, that's that's what they want. If you just listen to them and, you know, give them an answer uh, when it's appropriate, then everything's good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. I think really early on in my career, I tried to, like, uh, very pridefully tell them exactly what happened and not listen to them and, and just give them that answer and move on. And I, and I think that kind of, you know, kind of set a bad tone sometimes with me initially. And then, you know, now it's like, man, I looking back at some of those times, I'm like, Oh yeah, I just wish I would have listened a little bit more, asked what they saw and then say, I guess we saw a different way or something yeah. to that effect. And you know what? There's probably been some games that I missed a call and I knew it. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go over by the coach and stand there and says, okay, let me have it. I missed it. Yep. You know, I said, as soon as you're done, then we're done. We're going to move on. And, you know, they're, you know, they appreciate, I don't know if they appreciate it yeah. that you missed the call, but, uh, you know, they, uh, they uh, know that we're human and, and we're going to miss, we're not going to get everything right, you know, yep. all the time. We try to. But some most time sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Yeah, and that and that's I think that's part of the the human error, but also the the fun experience of officiating. Yeah. And, and speaking of fun experiences, let's just jump into that. Um, do, do you have a fun story about officiating? Whether that's with like a crew that you went with, whether that's with an interaction. Well, we're, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Just a fun story of officiating. If it's like a drive, an, a, a certain game, something like that. Uh, there's there's been so many. Uh, uh, Fun things that have happened. Uh, I was with uh, Johnny Barkham one time. We were up in Wilmont, I think, and uh, we got locked in. After the game, we got locked in our room. Couldn't get out. Well, everybody had left. Couldn't get out. You know, so some one of us had to climb up over the uh, side of the wall or something to get somebody to come let us out so uh it was just a lot and there's a lot of good things uh i usually you know what's fun for me now is usually when i get to a basketball game uh sometimes the older people sit in the front two rows you know because they can't climb the stairs or for whatever reason so usually i you know try and go and uh find a lady or some ladies over there that are sitting there and I try to get on my side right away. I'll take the ball over before the game. I go, hey, you think this ball is going to work tonight? And, you know, usually I tell them, hey, you guys are really good-looking ladies here. Can you help me out tonight, you know? And it seems like if you get them one over to your side, yeah. you know, it makes the game just go so much smoother. Yeah, you know? absolutely. you, you got to have fun out there. I mean, you can't have that serious look all the time. you got to have fun out there. Yeah, and I, and I think that's something that's – I think that's difficult for a newer official official as well you're, you're just so focused on like i got the rules here i gotta i gotta adjudicate i've got the positions i gotta get in i gotta answer to this coach 
how do I how do I get this expression that looks like I'm having fun when I really mm-hmm. got to focus and concentrate? And yeah, it just comes with time. And yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you know it well. Not just with the experience that you've had, but just uh, the times I officiated with you. It's just like everybody like everybody's there to have a good time. And, I mean, there's obviously people are there to win, but. If if we're having to call fouls the entire game, or if we're having to call violations the whole time, I don't really find that fun. And I think it's easier to talk to coaches, talk to players, yep. and get those things squared out so we can have fun in oh, these games. And it's that. about the kids in general. So, oh yeah, yeah, yep. you're right. It's about the kids, and uh, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I've referenced you a couple times. Remember that one game we did, uh, Sodak 16 game over in Madison. Yep. I think we had. I think it was a girls game, Flandreau and. West Central, I think. Great game. One of the better games, you know, I've had. Mm -hmm. And it was with you and Nick Hunnamer, I believe. You know, two younger guys. And you know what? It was a lot of fun. Uh, Probably one of the most funs ever had at a game. Yeah. You know, and you guys were young and you guys, you know, were really good. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, let's let's go on to, and maybe that's maybe that's the next question and answer. But um, do you have a memorable, wow, memorable interaction with me or just another official? Um, you you talked about kind of your mentor Roger, right? Is that yeah, correct? Roger Nelson that. is is and and him bringing you along to that first game and going to overtime. Yeah. But you know, is there another memorable interaction you have with um, you know another official or even me or, well, or maybe both? Either uh, way. Another one after I started wrestling with uh, Reggie Olson, then. Okay. he was from Nunda, and a good official. And we went many years together before he passed away in 2014. But uh, we were up at, at an Elkton game one time, Elkton and DeSmith. Marv McCune was coaching at DeSmith, and uh, very competitive game. I mean, mm-hmm. place was full, you know, going back and forth, and. Uh, Marv thought that we were given uh, favor to one of the Elkton kids, you know. And I ref with Marv. I ref a couple of state tournaments with Marv, you know, so I knew him really I knew yeah. him really well. And uh, anyhow, Reggie ends up teeing him. And uh, before Reggie got to the scores table to uh, give the tee out, I ended up giving him another one. And uh, at that at that time it was three tees and you're gone yeah so then i get over to marv i says marv that bus is not running it's really cold in the bus so you maybe want to just sit down you know <laughs> and marv just looked at me and kind of shook his head and laughed and he sat down and you know we had a, it was good that's awesome it, yeah it's just it's kind of fun to hear some of these stories and and a lot of times coaches remember those and, and they're just as memorable in a good way uh, and maybe in the moment it wasn't right. so memorable right. and, yeah. and and good, but after that they're like, oh yeah, I remember back in the day when you gave me that second tee and told me it was cold oh, yeah. outside. I, you know, <laughs> that's what's nice about. I mean, I like I said, I've done it so many years now. I've had uh, kids who've grown up and have kids and ref their kids. You know, so it's uh, you know a couple, two, three generations of uh, of people that I have refed. You know. And that's in a, in a basketball game or a football game, and it's always fun to see them. You know, I was up in Minneapolis at uh, Mall of America one day. day. Uh, all this must have been five, six years ago, and uh, I seen this girl with the Interior Classic shirt on. Yeah. So right away I go up to her. I says, 
I like that shirt. Where did you get that shirt? I just love that shirt, you know. And she started telling me all about it. And then and then she looked at me and goes, well, that's you. That's your Pete. And I said, yeah, I am. So then, you know, you can do stuff like that. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, it's fun when you, uh, yeah, just even running into players on, on out in public and seeing right. them and just kind of chatting with them. I just remember... Um, you know, I don't exactly know her name, but vibrant Hurley player, really good player, center for the last few years. And up at the Salem three-class shootout, you know, ran into her, and I just said, so it was my officiating better today than it was in that region game. And she's like, I don't even remember anything you called. And so, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where it's like sometimes in the moment, you know, they remember things, and then other times, yeah. you know, like like you had that interaction. They just recognize you after a little moment. and Very, it, it's, it's very nice. seldom. After the, I mean, when you meet somebody, I'll oh, say a week later or something on the street, very hardly ever have I ever had somebody come up and, you know, uh, get mad at me or talk bad to me because of that game or nothing. They're yeah. always, they're always, you know, very good about it. Yeah, I, and I, and I don't know if that's just the state that we live in, um, in South Dakota here. I, it's I think it's maybe far from other states and, and what maybe might happen with interactions outside but I, I don't know that for a fact so i'm not gonna claim that or claim stake in that claim at all but i i, I think south dakota you know uh sportsmanship is a big thing yeah and uh but uh i think nowadays i i think it's I think it's good. I think South Dakota really has good, you know, there's a few teams, mm -hmm. you know, a few fans and stuff. I mean, but that's every place you go, Yeah. you know. But uh, for the most part, I think sports machine in South Dakota is really good. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think it's it was a big emphasis from our state associations to the coaches, to the players, and I think that's gone over really well. And even in the past few years, I've seen, like, even the fans have mellowed out a little bit. And not to say that, obviously, in the big games and the heated games, they aren't, you know, cheering for their team and rooting them on. Um, but I, I've kind of seen this. I think people are realizing the decline in officials, the dec the need for officials, and this. Uh, and I think it helps that our state association has prioritized this so highly. Yeah, well. they're they're really the state association is really good. The people out there, I mean, uh, if you got a problem or anything, they'll back they back you a hundred percent. You know. Uh, unless it was something, you know, uncommon. But uh, yep. they're really good out there uh, uh, supporting you and having your back on whatever you do. Yeah. And, and speaking of, like, associations, SDHSAA or NFHS, we've, you know, we've had different rule changes over the past even 10 years that or 12 years, however many years I've been officiating now, maybe 10. Um, you know, there's been quite a few rule changes since I've been in it. And needless to say, there's probably been quite a few more since you've been in. What's a what's a rule that you've liked that you were glad was added to um, the book, or even just the state association adopting it? Uh, I like three point line. Okay, you know, uh, I I thought that was good. You know, uh, when was when was that addition? Oh, uh, I can't remember when that was added. That was in. Uh, late 90s or early okay. 2000 or something i i don't know for sure on yeah. that uh you know they used to have that uh backcourt violation where yeah. you had five you know if you didn't uh, do something and they took that out which mm -hmm. was a good thing because i didn't i you know 
I didn't like that. So that was was it basically like a like a five second count in the right. backcourt? Is that right. what that was? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they took that away, and uh, but uh, for the most part, you know, uh, the game is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as far as basketball, you got to put the ball in the hoops to score. Yep. You know, and uh, a foul is a foul, whether it's in uh, NBA. Uh, Division one college men, uh, or high school, a foul is a foul. Yep. You know, uh, it just depends on how they call it. You yep. know. And then, and then, lastly, um, same vein, but like, what's a rule that you've seen implemented that you kind of are like, yeah, I don't really like that one, or maybe it's like, um, I didn't like that that rule was taken away, or something to that effect of like, there's something that I don't necessarily like in, in the rules, and I wish there. Maybe I wish this would be changed a little bit. Uh, I can think of one. No, I can't really think of one. I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, the continuing, you know, uh, shot. You mm-hmm. know, if you're uh, making a move towards the basket and you get fouled, you know, you count uh, count the basket. Well, yep. you could be at the free throw line and, and pick up the ball and starting to turn for your shot yep. and somebody grabs you while well, you're still in the act of shooting yep. so you're supposed to count the basket if it goes in yep. or give them two shots well yeah. a lot of people don't really look at it that way or yeah. understand that rule yeah so. so from more of a so that's more from a like a fan perspective or from a viewer of the game they don't really comprehend that rule very well and no. so it's, it's a tough no. one to um it's not tough to officiate. It's just tough to, for them to understand. Right. And then I think the three-second count. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, if you're moving across the lane, you know, you got time to, even though you've probably been in there three seconds. But, you know, if you're getting out of there, you know, you don't want a game interrupter. Yeah. You don't want to stop and blow three seconds and interrupt the flow of the game. You know, yeah. if you got a good flow going to the game, you just kind of let it go. You know, so. Uh, uh, but if they're standing in there, camping in there, then, you know, you use your voice and say, time to get out. And if they don't, well, then you call three seconds. Yep. Yeah. And I think that comes down to somewhat of the, the art of officiating in a sense. There's there's a science of here's the rules, black and white. And there's right. also this, hey, we want this game to be played in a way that's fun for everybody right. and not just right. bringing attention to us as officials. Mm-hmm. And how do we do this best? And it's it's helping the players along, not coaching them, but helping them along to make sure they're they're legal, they're doing things right. Whether that's getting to them between like a foul and saying, "Hey, that last time in the lane, you were you were set up pretty long. I need you to be moving. I need you to get out of there." Different things like that. Yeah. Well, we're not coaching them, but we're saying, "Hey, I saw you in there. I got to call it the next time. Like yeah. this is the rule." And and usually, if you got trouble with a player. All you have to do is go to the coach, say, Coach, help me out here a little yeah. bit, will you? Or during a time, you know, if there's a timeout or something, hey, help me out. Uh, 31 is is camping in the lane there. And, you know, if you don't get him out, I'm going to have to call it. And uh, most of the time they, they talk to him and it's taken care of. Yeah, and it's, it's almost instantaneously taken care of too. And you, you typically don't see that um, for the rest, for, for the most part, for the rest of the game. Um, and, and, and then... Kind of lastly here, the last question I have is, so you're, you're a veteran official, you bring younger officials along. Um, what is something that maybe you would say to a newer official, whether that's to keep them interested or just a, a good a good advice for this new official and saying like, hey, here's something 
I learned the hard way or this is something you really should try to work on right now because it'll help you in the long run? Uh, I, I think the first thing for younger officials is uh, mechanics and have a good whistle. You know, even though your call might be wrong or right, but if you have good me- mechanics and a strong whistle, that'll sell a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, don't let don't let things bother you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, you missed the call at that end, you knew it, and you got room for it going down there. Okay, forget about it, you know, because if you start thinking about that too much, then you're going to miss another one on the other end. Yep. So, but... Uh, just uh, the thing is, just go out there and enjoy it and mm-hmm. have fun. You know, know what you're out there for. You know, you're helping the kids, you know, and if it wasn't for you, they probably wouldn't have a game. Yep. No, that's true. Explain, explain that mechanic thing a little bit. When you say in strong mechanics, is that like make yourself look tough or what do you, what's uh, exactly are you meaning? No, strong mechanics? you want, you want to look sharp. Okay. You know, uh, you want to uh, have uh, your arm straight up, you know, and do the mechanics you're in national federation high school mechanics you know you want to get them down so uh, if you do have a call take your time a lot of young officials just hurry up and make the call and you know go and report it well take your time the game's not going to go without you yeah you know so just take your time and and go over there report your file let everybody know what happened you know and go from there perfect yeah um thanks again pete i appreciate you taking the time to come down to see me in sioux falls here and Yeah, I hope you guys had a great time this evening with us and uh, hope to see you again on the next episode of The Irenic Ref.